The following show is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary, and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is our monthly coaching call. This is Frank Congelos, as well as our co-host this morning, which is Dave Suki. Dave, great to see you, and happy holidays. Thank you. Happy holidays to you, Frank. So Boy, did that go fast this year. I can't believe we're in the middle of December. And for all of our listeners, you know, it's a kind of an interesting year. I mean, it's uh, been a great year for the markets. Um, you know, everybody's sitting here and saying, you know, how, long, how far can they go? How long will they go? And the reality is nobody knows that. Um, yep. Some of the things that are, you know, right at our doorstep is, you know, we have a tax law, which is, appears to be about to change. Uh, in anticipation of that, I think uh, some of that is what we see in the markets, which is we're seeing that, you know, when corporate tax rates go down, corporate earnings go higher, and the market trades at a multiple of earnings. Yep. So people are anticipating that. Companies are anticipating that. So it seems like we're kind of in a pro-growth mode, and this is not a political statement on either side. It just it is what it is. And so we'll be finding out shortly, you know, what the tax laws are going to be, what the changes are, and shortly we'll come up with how that's going to impact everyone. But with that in mind, this is a very critical time of the year to make sure that you know what you had to make, you know, what you had to accomplish for last year as far as benefit plans, things of that nature, mm -hmm. and what are we looking at for next year. So, you know, in just kind of looking at this, you know, Dave, maybe you might want to just touch base with regard to, you know, mentioning to people a little bit about deductibles and coinsurance for medical and dental. Sure. As uh, far as what occurs. Uh, Frank, have you tried to get into a doctor's office in December? It's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, That's a uh, great point. It, it's, it's crunch time, so, the, you know, Americans that have deductibles and coinsurance on their health plans have to get those things in before the end of the year. So, you know, because we reset the... We reset the scale. A lot of people are carrying plans that they have a deductible, Frank, right, that they meet before their benefits kick in. Okay? Or, or they have coinsurance for providers that they're going to see. So if you're in that green, I like to say, where you're like you already hit it. You already hit it and the insurance company's covering that. <laughs> let go get your you know, go get your checkup, go get whatever, you know, procedure or, or you know, information you need to get before the end of the year because come January we all start over again. Yep. And you know, if if you could have got it done on under this year's deductible that you're already satisfied if you did, great. Right. And by the way, if you're just about to go to the doctor and you've had no claims this year and you know, if that's something that you could put off to next year to satisfy next year's deductible, yes. there's that, that timing element that you got to kind of look at and say, all right, well, I already hit my deductible for 17, get as many of the bills in as I can or as much in the claims that I may have pending. Or if I haven't done anything, but I'm thinking exactly. I want to go, um, unless you, know, you, you got to get in, you got to get in, it is what it is. But Aside from that, you might just end up pushing that over to 18 and starting that towards mm -hmm. your new deductibles and everything else. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a couple of things, though, that are important that people realize, which is there's two benefit programs that are out, which are called HRAs, those are health reimbursement accounts, or FSAs, flexible spending accounts, that the money has to be utilized by year end. Yeah. If it's a use it or lose it benefit, which is if you don't use the HRA and FSA money by year end, that money does not stay in the account. However, your HSA, health savings account money, 
that stays with you forever. So those are all good, just so everybody's well aware of that. Yeah. So yeah, big big distinction, Frank, too, because a lot of folks we sit down with them, they're not they're not sure which one do I have to use, which one don't I have to use. You know, it, it can get tricky if you don't pay attention. And it, and it's important that you know it. The FSA, you know, just an easy way to remember that. Those are those flexible spending accounts, and you can use them for health care. You can use for medical. You can use them for a lot of those. Yep, exactly. But, again, if you don't use that, it doesn't carry over to next year. And it's the same thing with HRA. Health savings accounts are accounts that we fund ourselves. Mm -hmm. Health reimbursement accounts are typically done by the employer. So just kind of keep that in mind. And then the other thing, too, is... If um, you were thinking of maxing out 401k, you have something left, you got bonus, remember 401k is a deferral arrangement. So it has to, if you're going to put something in this year, you need to get more in this year, you have to capture it in a payroll cycle. And for a lot of businesses, the last couple of payroll cycles are happening over the course of the next couple of weeks. So if you're doing something for 17, you need to be aware of it. Yep. Because bonuses come in this time of year, Frank. And you got it. Yeah. So it's, and it's important. So when we look at 18, which is coming up the new year, there are some changes um, to consider. So as an example, and I'll just hit some of the high ones here, uh, FSA accounts and HSA, that's flexible spending accounts, and health savings accounts, okay, are increasing by $50. Not a whole heck of a lot, you might nope. ask. So. Nope. Uh, the maximum for uh, flexible spending for next year, 2650 And then on the HSA side, it goes up by 50 So you can go to 3450 for a single, 6900 for a family. Right. You know, and I tell people um, the reality is, is that later in life, we end up with a lot of our medical coverage. In fact, it's, you know, the studies have shown is you, you have most medical claims in your later years of life. Yeah. So having a health savings account and deferring money, having it invested and so forth, and allowing it to accrue tax-free, okay, and pre-tax to be distributed towards your medical bills in the future is a great account. It's like a 401k for health care. And so utilizing those accounts and letting them accrue and grow for the future is really a very smart financial move. And, Frank, um, if I... If I remember correctly, if you don't use those accounts, you can leave them on the HSA. Right, HSA, you, you can it. leave to a spouse, right? So, you know, if you have clients that are getting ready to retire, right, and they have these HSAs, and they may, they may need. Hopefully, they don't need the money, right, Frank? That'd be a good thing. You know, you have a healthy life, but they can leave those funds to a spouse, a loved yeah. one, and, and let them use them. So that's a that's a good it's, asset to have on your balance it's sheet. It's a great asset to have because yeah. again, you know. I mean, it's it's uncommon. I shouldn't say it's uncommon. I mean, there are some people that go their whole life, they're healthy forever, and all of a sudden they're not here. Yeah, <laughs> right. But the reality is there's many people that have a good life or struggle in their life, and then in the later years they could be sure. ill for a period of time. And, you know, medical bills are very expensive very fast, and this allows you to pay medical expenses with money that you can defer today. Without tax consequences. Yeah. And it comes out tax-free later. And also, just as a little FYI, uh, the catch-up on that is you get an extra $1,000 if you're over the age of 55. And it's a little interesting one, which is you would think that they'd coordinate these, but 401k catch-up is age 50. Yeah. Isn't that funny? 
<laughs> HSA ketchup is age 55, and it gives you that extra $1,000 of ketchup. So just so everybody's aware of that. So, Dave, maybe you might just uh, mention that um, next year, I think the 401k is going to change go a little bit. 18.5 for the year. Very right. good. So, and then um, catch up over 50 is another six, right? So, if you got a 50 year old, you hit your birthday. 24.5 if you were looking to do it. Yep, correct. And, and it doesn't matter, Frank, right? Whether it's if a lot of companies now are offering two options with their 401k contributions the traditional, that we all know is the deferral comes out of yep. our payroll, our pay, uh, our paychecks, or we can do the after companies are doing after tax now into what's called a Roth. So those limits are the same on both. So it's an interesting conversation to have as you, you start and, doing some tax forecasting and planning. And tax diversification, uh, in our opinion, is key, which is you, it, it's kind of like having you know, uh, two engines on a boat. You know, it's like if one goes down, you know, you got the other one working for you. So I kind of look at it as like yeah. the ultimate retirement-wise would be in a situation where you have some funds that were pre-tax and some funds were, that are after tax so that you can time distributions mm -hmm. because who knows what the tax laws are going to be in the future. Just like we're about to see a whole new change in the tax law. What what's it going to be ten or twenty or thirty years from now? Sure. While we're living in retirement or whatever the case might be, so you want to have uh, multiple buckets of money that can be taxed differently, and you know just food for thought. So the other thing too is um, as we're wrapping up the year, we always like to mention that it's a great time of year to be meeting with your advisor to coordinate benefits which is taking a look at everything that you have through your employer because we've been going through open enrollment with many companies. We're seeing a lot of our clients that have open enrollment, and they've been coming in and saying, hey, here's what my benefit plans are at work. Here's what my, my medical is, my disability, my group life. Sure. How does that coordinate with the personal plans? Yeah. And Dave, I know that you hear that a lot from people. Yeah, because one of the things with group benefits, Frank, over the years, I mean, you've been doing this 35 years, right? Yes, I and, started when I was 10. Right? Thank yeah, good. For mentioning okay. That. And I know you have a lot of knowledge in the group on the group benefit side. How have they changed over the last 35 years immensely? There, there used to be very rich benefits, and now they tend to offer what I call watered down, you know, kind of. We, we call it a cost shift. Yeah, shift it to the employee, and then yep. the benefits may not be it, almost like what we're experiencing with medical insurance, right? We all go, wow, I'm paying more, and it feels like I get less coverage. Similar with your group plans, you got to be careful, read kind of some what their eligibilities are and availabilities are, and then being able to coordinate your personal, you know, life, disability, anything like that within it. Because one of the things about group that we, that we see with clients is it's not portable usually. They leave one job, they go to another, it may change their whole situation. And if they're going through some sort of a health issue or yep. some, something going on, they may be stuck with having less benefits in their lives because of that. Yep. And, you know, it's interesting because people will go, well, I have COBRA. And, you know, when I hear that and I go, well, that's great for 18 months. Yeah. However, if your insurability changed, you know, once that 18 months is up, you know, you can get jammed up a little bit. And this is not necessarily dealing with um, just the health side. This is also disability. It's group life. It's all of those and some plans will say, well, they're convertible to an individual plan. However, companies realize that people that want to convert have a term, it's called adverse selection. Correct. That healthy people typically don't convert. They go to the marketplace and they buy the best coverage they can get for the least price. Yeah. 
the people that convert are normally people that have some health challenges, so the, the pricing is padded. So we always say is plan your benefits with your personal planning accordingly with the idea that when you do leave or if you ever do leave a job that you're probably going to end up leaving those benefits. And it may have been the only time you had to actually lock things in place while you are healthy. Yep. So it's always a good idea to keep that in mind. So just some food for thought. Uh, just a, a couple of other little things as we're just kind of wrapping it up on year end and just you know what we should we should be doing. So interesting, it's been a great year in the market. And we have some people mm -hmm. that'll say, my gosh, can it keep going? And the reality is nobody knows. Mm -hmm. But what we really do recommend strongly to all of our clients is make sure that you are reallocating and maintaining the profile that you want which means if you s set up your profile or your portfolio and you have a 60-40, 60% that perhaps you're in equities, diversified, 40% you're in some form of cash and fixed income, and the whole idea of the cash and the fixed income is to take the volatility out of the portfolio, and your equity side has run up yeah, so that definitely. it's disproportionate, maybe now you're at an 80-20, or perhaps, you know, it's not what yeah. you thought. And so in the event that we do get you know, any type of volatility or anything like that, if it's going to be volatility that you're uncomfortable with, you should reallocate and get back to where you wanted to be in the first place. So if you were 60-40 and you ended up at a 70-30 or an 80-20 because of a great year on the market, it's probably a good time to reallocate and take a look at that. So, so Frank, it brings me back to a very simple concept. Sell high and buy low, in terms of what you're you discussing. It. So if I had to run up, am I I'm out of balance now? Because you get the question, clients yeah. say, should we be worried about the collapse? We're worried, you know, about the market shifting. And sure, we should worry, and it's going to happen, and we don't know when. Yeah. And what's proven to be tested is the fact that what you just discussed, which was proper asset allocation, correct, and diversification, and rebalancing, correct. So that the asset classes are where they should be for what your profile is. And, and, and not for anything, we're human. You know, it's like going to Atlantic City and we're like, but we're winning. We're winning, yeah. And, and it's like, I understand that. But the table doesn't always run hot. Yep. And, you know, I could look at, you know, market cycles since 1926 and you can always see the run-ups. You can see the correction. Then you see another run-up. Then you see a correction. And the reality is, is if, if internally I can stomach the volatility, then fine. Because we know that they correct and we know over time they come back. But if I start losing my stomach when it's going down and I become emotional, I become the statistic. And the statistic is, and Dalbar has studied this for years, is that the average investor gets about half of the market return because when the market's going up, we're getting all excited and we want to get in, in and we're buying all the way up. And then on the other side of that is when the market goes through a correction and we start losing our stomach, we start selling. So we're buying high, selling low, doing the exact opposite of what we should be doing. And the reality is we should have a risk profile done, work with your advisor to make sure that you have the allocation that you're comfortable with. If you were, should be a 50-50 or a 60-40 or 70-30, whatever it is, and maintain that profile yeah. and that portfolio that you can live with on up and down markets because yeah. you're still participating in the the up market and you are going to participate in the down market as well but 
understand that the market goes through cycles. That's why they call it a cycle. That's correct. So just and, something and, to keep in mind. You know, Frank, we sat here three years ago and there was calls for people that, you know, the markets were going to adjust then. It, it, I, and it's so that that forecasting and prediction, it's difficult, right? You, you know, we live down the shore. You know, I can run, you know, when I run the boardwalk and so forth and I see the, you know, the people that you come in and have your fortune told. Yeah. You know, those are the same things that are the people that are trying to predict what the market's going to do. The same way they yep. can't predict your future, they can't predict the future of the market. You know, and the reality is, is that information is instant. Yeah. And when I say it's instant is, you know, the, the president says something. Uh, the, uh, let's say... Anyone does. Frank, lawsuits, you know, a, a, right? A We're CEO about of a all company, kinds of things, yeah, getting in trouble. Within seconds, yeah. it's priced into the market. Okay, it's not like there was information out there that we weren't aware of. The information's in there. It's, it's built into the cake, mm -hmm. you know, and so with that being the, the mindset, we don't know what the future is going to be, but we should have an allocation that we're comfortable with in up and down markets that we're going to stay with the program that we have so that we can ride through the market cycles as we go through it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's our two cents on that. And then the last thing is, is you know, and Dave, we have this conversation with all of our listeners every year as we wrap up our shows, which is <laughs> people are out there doing Christmas shopping. So what do you think on the shopping well, side? Some of us haven't done our Christmas shopping yet, Frank. No, that makes two of us. <laughs> um, but I did allocate okay, time. Sorry, me too. Up. Me too. So it's very clear, Frank. Use your head, not your heart. Okay. <laughs> emotional purchasing, emotional buying. We're all emotional. This is a love time of year, right? I mean, yep. it's a it's a terrific time of year, right? And we want to buy nice things and and do you know obviously uh, do nice things for others. Just be mindful of the fact that pay for it what it costs, not two or three times what it costs, Frank, because you rack up bills in the holiday season and then you're paying for them for the next six months to a year till the next one runs in. We see that cycle all the time. And that's expensive way to, to go through the holidays. You're, you know, you're losing wealth, you know, um, and it's usually based on emotion. It's a hundred percent. And it's one of those of, you know, um, the quality of time for some people of just being able to spend time with friends and family, uh, for some people and for most people, hopefully that's actually more relevant than the cost of a gift. So, we recognize that everybody's going to shop, and we think that's wonderful, and enjoy the holidays. But it's more about you know being with people, enjoying your friends and family, and you know just being thankful. It's a yeah. time of gratitude. Yeah. So absolutely for all of our listeners, you've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This has been Frank Congelos and Dave Suki, and we wish all of our listeners a truly blessed holiday season. Whether you're whatever you're celebrating, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever, God bless you, enjoy it. And we wish you all a happy, healthy, and prosperous new year. And we look forward to speaking with you in January, giving you an update on what happens with this new tax law, and also, you know, just a wrap up on the markets. Have a wonderful holiday. God bless. Advisors of the Institute of Responsible Wealth may be licensed for investment and insurance products. The Institute of Responsible Wealth is an educational division of CNA Financial Group. CNA Financial Group and its advisors are an agency or an agent of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. 
Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. The Institute of Responsible Wealth and CNA Financial Group are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian.